What's up, everybody? Special edition of a podcast from InsideCarolina.com. I'm Joey Powell. Uh, I'm not a player. With me is also not a player, Graham Boone. We have snuck into the Players' Lounge. But you might recognize Graham's name as Graham is the executive director of Heels for Life. And this is kind of another installment of a show between Inside Carolina and Heels for Life. And we've got a lot to talk about in the NIL space. I think specifically, you know, we're off the heels of this great series that we did this past year, this past summer. Tommy Ashley, Taylor Viplis, and I worked with some of UNC's players to give you guys a really good insight as to what things are like um, kind of for those players as human beings so that you can see them a little bit differently learn a little bit about you know, their experience uh, as students, as players, and also just hear some some stories that you may not otherwise have heard. And that's all courtesy of our partnership with Heels for Life. First things first, I'm already jumping out of order. Graham, what has been the feedback from the players who did uh, the, the series of interviews that we did? Because I'll be frank with you, Tommy and Vip and I had a blast. And, you know, some of those players were fairly certain are going to come for our job sooner rather than later. <laughs> you are not lying about that. We've It's one of the, the biggest um, honors and privileges that I have in this role is getting to really get to know these guys. Um, Mac and his recruiting staff have done an unbelievable job at not, find, not just finding – phenomenal players, but really good kids, kids worthy of our support, of our, um, of our, our fanhood. And uh, I mean, there are guys, I mean, we heard Elijah Green on the, uh, on the podcast recently, and that's just one of the most eloquent, well thought of, um, intelligent young men you'll ever find, not to mention a, a potential all ACC running back. Um, you know, guys like Cedric Gray, guys like Power Eccles, um, you know, DeAndre Boykins, just tremendous guys and their feedback to me is that a it was a lot of fun i mean to get on there and have something that's not as as formal it gets to talk more about what they're um what they're really feeling what what it's like day to day because most of our our fans only see them on saturdays in the fall um but this is a this is a year-round commitment for them and an incredible time commitment so i think they've really appreciated giving some insight into how they spend their off season how practices actually look and work because i know that you've been to a few practices I've been to some. They're not what people think they are. They are grueling. They are big productions. They are highly technologically advanced. So it's a really cool way to get insight about some of these drills that the guys are doing. Um, and I heard the podcast you guys did about the, the training camp behind the scenes uh, last week and talked about some of the unique drills that some of the new coaches are doing. I've loved hearing the players talk about that. So they've had a lot of fun. I think our fans have gotten a great, a great opportunity to learn about them. Um, and then, moreover, the thank you to Inside Carolina for helping highlight Heels for Life and um, our sole purpose in trying to create opportunities for these young men. Well, and it definitely wouldn't be easy for us to do if, like you said, the guys weren't high-character individuals. I mean, it's it's hard to sit here and talk to us uh, about random things where they don't know us from Adam. So, you know, maybe they've seen us in press conferences. Maybe they've seen us covering games or whatever. But but they were really uh, willing and and trustworthy of us to kind of take us along for a ride and and it was really fun and I, I think I, I think I can speak safely uh, from our listening audience and say those have been incredibly well received and, and it's something I hope we can do again in the future um real talk you you, you did not prep me uh, in letting me know just how uh, how good those guys were gonna be so um 
you know, I think I think the what we see in little glimpses off the field is is just amazing in contrast to what we really got from them yep. uh, in the time that they spent with us. Um, moving on, I think you had something going on recently. I'm not sure. You know, we we bumped into each other, and you seemed like you were out of breath and tired. And I don't know. Rumor was you, you like you went to church or something last week. I'm not sure. Can can you clarify for us yeah. what happened uh, last week that that maybe you want to tell everybody about? I can certainly clarify. Um, yeah, we had an, a tremendous event on Thursday night at Memorial Hall on campus. Uh, one of Carolina's favorite sons, Eric Church, uh, put on one of the most unique concerts anybody in that event will ever go to um, on behalf of Eels for Life to help us raise critical funds for our student athletes. Um, you know, the, the first the first and really only thing that would be most important to say is the thank you to Eric. I mean, this is a man who is on tour a man who has been open about his Carolina fanhood, his friendship with Mac Brown, his his following of the program, and for him to to come off tour to spend an evening with us and not just play songs, but to provide stories and insights into his love of not just the, the university but the state of North Carolina and how it's molded him as a professional. Um, it was just a really sincere event, and for we're gonna have a lot of pictures released soon. Um, I got our photographer working hard on us now to get those professional shots up. But uh, for, for the listeners who, who weren't aware of it, uh, we had Mac Brown and Marty Smith from ESPN um, start the evening on stage and tra- chat about the state of college football, some of the nuances of their professional relationship. Um, then they brought out Eric um, to do a, about a 15 minute conversation about all the ways in which, um, you know, he, he supported the university and the ways in which they've developed friendships among those three so just even that portion of the event was an unbelievable success and an opportunity for 1,400 um, you know, fans and, and members of our community to see really the behind the scenes of why this is another, pro- this is again, a program worth supporting um, just because there's really good people involved. Um, and then Eric gets up there and does a, a one-of-a-kind acoustic performance. And I mean, I, I heard, I was spoke, speaking to one of my board directors and he said, you don't become CMA Entertainer of the Year by just going up there and playing your songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he went up there and played medallies of, of covers. He, in, he started the show with a brand new song he wrote that day um, yeah. that actually created some headlines in Nashville because it was an unreleased song. Um, and then, you know, he had moments where he would stop in the middle of a tune and tell a story about why part of that song was, was you know, specific to him or his family. Um, so Eric is, of course, an unbelievable performer and talent, but even more so the personality to get up there and do that. Um, it was just a special evening. And I think we created a lot of memories for, for Tar Heels. Um, and we also had the wonderful opportunity to bring 150 local heroes to the show, um, first responders, military members, uh, nonprofit employees uh, to enjoy this. And so while it was a huge opportunity for us to educate the, the group about Heels for Life, what we're doing, why it's critical to the success of the program, uh, it was also just a way to share some, some camaraderie um, amongst Tar Heels and uh, it was just as much fun as I've ever had at, at a show. Um, it was a tremendous amount of work. So uh, this this past weekend, enjoyed some uh, enjoyed some R and R because we're back at it today. You know, it's it's all of that that you shared. I think is one hundred percent spot on. Uh, as somebody who got to experience the show, I had I guess I had taken for granted his ability to connect with an audience, and the fact that you had set things up and, and you and the team behind this that put this show together. Um, it felt like a Carolina homecoming. Yeah. And, and so the fact that Eric was coming back from being on tour and, you know, he had his next stop the next night in Raleigh, but the fact that he was coming to Chapel Hill and, and you could see some of that emotion. He broke down when he played, uh, you know, 
calling me home when he played Carolina. Um, like that, that got to him a little bit. I think, you know, the first time being able to play that in Chapel Hill and he said as much, um, but his ability to connect with an audience, I knew it was going to be special because it was a smaller venue. And I think that's what you guys were going for. And one of the attractive pieces of it. Um, but as somebody who has two kids that I can't entertain for 20 minutes, the fact that he entertained 1400 of us and, and made us feel like we were, uh, the only people in the room speaks to his panache and his ability to really command a stage and and to your point weave storytelling into his already very um elaborate lyrics and very um direct lyrics i, I think it was just a it was really well done show and i'm i'm glad that you guys got to you know got to experience all of what you put your hard work into uh, you, you got to tell me what's uh what's something you want to share about planning the show that 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 maybe you'd like to get out to everybody because from what I know about Graham, Graham had never planned a concert before. So tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about what you took away from the planning process that, that maybe you, you think is a, a pretty cool anecdote. Yeah. Well, I'll say that first of all, it's a slight misnomer that I've never planned a concert because when I was at Chapel Hill, um, I was working with the campus Y and they put me in charge of the homecoming concert for my junior and senior year. Very, very reckless decision to give someone my age that much money <laughs> to, go, to, go, to go find a band. So who did I bring? Exactly who I wanted to see. So we brought Ben Folds one year, brought Avid Brothers the next year. Um, yeah. as, a, as a Concord native, that made me feel happy. So, um, <laughs> but then again, I think all I did was cut a check and 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 give a free free tickets out of Memorial Hall box office. So I don't think it was exactly the same lift um, as this. No, the, the preparation process was you know it was strenuous, but we knew that going into it being such a small organization with such a lofty goal of this event, we were prepared for the work. We knew my board of directors, my volunteers, I had people coming out of the woodwork to say, how can I be a part of this? And they weren't doing it so they could get tickets. They were doing it because they know that we are doing something for this football team, for these young men, and they wanted to be a part of the uh, the production of it. So uh, we had a VIP meet and greet before the show where Eric came and took pictures with the players and some of our top donors. We did a post show at Still Life who were tremendous partners of ours. Um, to let everyone have a kind of decompression and talk about the show and have a couple cocktails. Um, so that was a, just a ton of fun. You know, as far as an anecdote for the planning process, um, you know, I had to work very closely with Eric's management team and I spent, sure. um, I spent most of my career as an agent. And so I always was getting like this both like kick out of all the things they needed to make this an official event versus where I was just hoping it would just be some quick little email. Like, is he willing to do this? Okay, great. <laughs> Not how that works. And I, and I really could appreciate it as a former agent, like they're trying to protect their client, even though their client is going above and beyond his fanhood to do something like this. So, um, not as many specific funny stories, you know, of course I, I've never had to deal with these last minute ticketing disasters, you know, <laughs> and, and Memorial hall did a great job, but I had, you know, donors who thought they purchased tickets and it turns out that morning, they maybe had not clicked the right thing or they had said, Hey, I, I my flight got canceled because of weather. How do I get tickets to the best people that, that don't have them? So I got to see the, the goodness of a lot of people um, in there. Yeah, they were, they weren't asking for refunds. They were saying, I can't use the tickets because of my travel issue. Please give them to a, a worthy cause or a donor that, that, that needs them. So while it was at the last minute, very hectic, you know, doing individual ticketing uh, troubleshooting um, I received, maybe no, no fewer than 50 texts and emails sent by people, including yourself, just thanking me and Heels for Life for putting on an event like this. And while it was, yes, stressful and all those things, whose job isn't to get thank yous and legitimate stories of 
a, a, a far exceeding expectations event. Um, I've received multiple businesses reaching out since then who want to get involved with Heels for Life. I've received multiple donors who are now committing to working with us. That was the goal of this, was not just yeah. the price and fundraise. It was the ancillary opportunities when you can get 1,400 captive people. Um, and then I think the most special thing, you know, when I went up and did the welcome remarks on the stage to bring those players out, um, you know, to, they, we brought the 14 members of leadership council out in full jerseys to just give a wave to 1400 people who were there, who loved them, um, who gave them a standing ovation. Um, and I, I think that was probably the most special part of, um, the evening for me, because my company is all built around these kids, um, and, and how to support them. And I think also people got to realize how, how large Spencer Roland is in person. <laughs> he is a large human being. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you this. And by the way, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention for the folks who didn't make the show, you missed a chance to see Mac Brown and aviators and a uh, trucker cap, which was an added bonus for anybody who was there. Um, how much does it help to have somebody like Eric Church, who is a diehard fan uh, and somebody that's got that kind of profile? How much does that help when you're putting something like this together? And how much does it help you mobilizing people that want to contribute to Heels for Life by saying, OK, Eric Church is essentially one of you? Yeah, it's it's invaluable. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And every collective out there is doing something similar with a, a favored son. You know, I mean, I just read that uh, Michigan auctioned off golf with Tom Brady and Jim Harbaugh at a recent event for, for NIL purposes. NC State did something with Philip Rivers. Uh, Matthew McConaughey has been involved with Texas. So, you know, when you look at your alumni list and, and Carolina is if not the top, maybe only Southern Cal, given their Hollywood connections, there's not many schools that have as many unique individuals that came out of our, our halls um, and that are fans of our organization. So the Jay Coles, the, the Eric churches of the, of the entertainment world, Chase Rice, a former football player uh, who, who's, who's working with us on a few things um, to the, the, the broader sports people, you know, getting Jeff Saturday involved, getting Michael Jordan involved, hopefully at some point. So, all of these are not guarantees that they'll commit their time and effort to NIL, but it provides us a chance to tell our donors that, again, this is a peer group of yours. When, when, when the football kicks off on Saturday, we're just fans. We're not donors anymore. We're not workers. We are just fans. And this is a chance for us to all enjoy that together. And so while Thursday was a wildly successful event, far exceeding our expectations, we have so many bigger goals moving forward for other unique experiences for our players. So, um, you know, home, home tailgates um, are going to be a feature with Eels for Life at every game. Um, digital experiences where you can get to know some of our players and coaches via some town halls um, to, to meet and greets, um, you know, down the line. We actually have a meet and greet uh, next Monday in Charlotte, so August 14th at Tremont, where uh, the five Charlotte natives um, for Eels for Life, Drake May, Sed Gray, Power Eccles, Bryson Nesbitt, and Tez Walker, are going to be doing um, a meet and greet, signing autographs, um, taking pictures. We got catered barbecue, um, and the proceeds are actually going to porch communities um, to help build food banks in in the Charlotte area. So, ways for us to help accommodate fans, you know, for for a small amount of money. I think tickets are a hundred dollars for that event to come out, have intimate time with these incredible young men three weeks before they they pound South Carolina in the same the same city. Um, and, uh, and, and also at the same time, helping us, you know, in, in our name, produce some great food, um, relief and in, in, in a very critical area of our state. So it, it certainly helps with Eric. Um, we hope anyone who has any sort of public pr profile would be willing to at least listen to some ideas because as a private business, we're, 
you know, limited largely only by our creativity. So it's trying to find those things that the fans want. Yeah. And we're talking with Graham Boone, executive director of Heels for Life. If you have not yet, uh, please join up heelsforlife.org. That's heels, the number four life.org. It's not just about, uh, you know, these players being able to profit off of their talents, their name, image, and likeness, but it's more about the things that Graham just mentioned about, you know, raising funds for porch, being seen in the community, finding ways to help raise their own profile and learn other things. Speaking about the players, Graham, what was the players' feedback from from the, the church show? You know, obviously those guys had a chance to, as you mentioned, go out and really just have people dote on them, uh, <laughs> which, you know, coming off of the first couple of days of practice, I'm sure they probably could use that. What was what was their response and the players that you've talked to about, you know, having a chance to be a part of, of last Thursday night? Well, first of all, I think they really enjoyed the bow catering food and the VIP. They got to enjoy some really, really good food. I think it was like a duck breast thing. It was amazing. <laughs> but uh, no, they were, these kids are so, this leadership council especially are so personable, um, so welcoming to the fans. We had them milling around the patio as attendees arrived at the concert. We had Instagram walls set up so fans could take pictures with them. And they were just having so much fun because there were kids there. There were people there who never get this kind of access to them. And to see the players smiling, going out of their way. And, and, you know, some people are shy around athletes. And they say, no, come on, take a picture. Get over here. Um, I was just so proud of them. They're just such personable young men. Um, and my, as a personal story, my father, my parents were there. My father's one of the biggest Tar Heel football fans um, I've ever met. We grew up going to all the games together. And he took a picture with uh, Power Eccles and Javari Ritzy. And I've never seen my dad smile harder um, in my That's life. Cool. His, his ears were stressed with that level of smile. So it was it was a very special opportunity. We're trying to break down some of the barriers of, of having these players just wear their helmets on, on Saturdays. Um, NILs provide us another opportunity to, to get to know these young men. So Thursday was a great example of it. Yeah, I mean, Dad doesn't care about the big uh, success you just pulled off at the show. He's more happy that he got a he got a photo with number five and twenty three. That's that's awesome. <laughs> um, so another thing I wanted to talk about when we were having this this little get together today. Uh, you, you're coming up on an anniversary here pretty quickly, and uh, you've been at Heels for Life for right at a year now. Uh, I can remember, and we joked about it on another show, that you know, your first weekend in town, you stopped by and joined us for the pregame show uh, on Inside Carolina Live. One year in, what's changed with Heels for Life? I know you had a lot of big goals, and obviously you've checked a lot of boxes. Uh, what's changed in this past year that uh, that maybe you did or didn't see coming, and, and what's something maybe you want to brag about a little bit? Yeah, well, the, 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 the subtext of NIL nationally is change is the only constant. Um, you know, this is a this is a brand new industry. Uh, when I arrived, I was no NIL expert. And the joke that someone in my interview process said was, well, Graham, good news. There's no NIL experts um, because this is so novel. Um, so my uh, you know, a year ago today, I was thinking about these grand designs, these huge opportunities. And guess what? They were all misplaced. Some were impossible. Some were uncompliant that we couldn't even explore because we followed all the rules so deftly at this organization. So it was me learning for, for a number of months about the ways in which I can be a immediately impactful because we had a lot of work to catch up on um, as that season started. Um, but then also learning about the best methods to serve our players and the best methods to serve our donors. Um, we are not an organization that is built for some multifaceted product line. We are built for very specific and narrow purposes. Um, so it was a lot of learning, um, but also a lot of introducing myself um, in our work to, the, to the, the broader ecosystem. There were a lot of people that either A, did not understand NIL and its, 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 its machinations, 
there were a lot of people that disagreed with it on its philosophical um, portions. Um, so it was getting in a room and telling them the realities of, of you know, what we're doing for these young men, what they're usually what they're spending the money on. Um, when we when we sign contracts with them, it's going to their family expenses. It's going to you know help their parents out with travel to come into the games on Saturdays. So once people started hearing that, we were able to really start breaking away um, these these kind of uh, dogmatic obstacles that I think people had built in their heads. All they read was was on ESPN. Yeah, they read the big the big sensationalist headlines of quarterbacks driving Maseratis and you know Gatorade signing a deal for for tons of money. They didn't see, and more more than often, there was NIL deals that got people in trouble. You know, it was it was right. illegal contracts or it was broken deals, all these things. Um, we wanted to, to, to push that away. We wanted to say, guys, we are focused on the Carolina community and doing this the right way. Um, we've had a great response from our community and we still need more. Um, but a year later, we've accomplished um, a lot of our goals. And, and, and listen, six weeks after I started was really the, the beginning of the, the Drake May experience. Um, you know, the day I started on this job was the day we named him starter. Um, and so talk about an opportunity for us to say, hey, and, you know, we're mid-October. Drake's starting to create national headlines. We go, we have a chance to brand Heels for Life as a nationally competitive um, NIL organization if we can support someone like Drake. Um, and so uh, his his profile, his, his willingness to support our nonprofits, his incredible just personality and family ties – have been so critical to us reaching people with our story and going, guys, we're not just supporting Drake, but Drake is an example of a, you know, five-star recruit, you know, um, NFL caliber, top, top five pick, you know, projected that if other players, you know, in, in the ecosystem hear about what we're doing from an NL perspective, and you add that to the academic and athletic opportunities at Carolina, we become a very, you know, very formidable recruiting target. Um, and so while, we do things once players are on campus. Um, it doesn't mean that we, we have, um, you know, it means that we are, are fully focused on our current roster. And that if you come to Carolina and you put on that jersey, you're going to have support of, of an organization who's solely focused on you. And that's that's something that took a while for us to kind of to to, to, to logistically you know dial in. But now I feel that we've got a phenomenal board of directors, a great community of businesses who are interested. Um, and now we're setting up our, our prioritization of events and product lines that you know, we can uh, we can start doing some really fun stuff, but very proud of our first year um, and very excited for this season. What does it sound like when you talk to somebody who, like you said, maybe doesn't understand NIL, doesn't understand the nuance behind it? All they see is the negative side. Uh, have you had some conversations where people saw the practicality and the actual need and, and when it was doing some good that all of a sudden they were like, oh, oh, I get it. What, yeah. what, is, what has that been like? That, that's some of my favorite um, repartee with with a donor is a donor saying, you know, because I think there has to be a lot of empathy on our side that we've told some of these donors who've been so generous for decades. Yeah. This university, um, we've been telling them for decades, you can't pay players. We don't pay players here. Right. Then all of a sudden with Supreme Court legislation, we're saying not only you're allowed to, but now it's a competitive necessity. That's a big shift in their thinking. And additionally, their dollars have been committed elsewhere. So some of these donors are being asked to go above and beyond what they've already been doing, which is above and beyond. So a, it has to be a lot of kind of grace from my perspective when I have that conversation um, that I know I'm not the only person calling them that day. I know I'm not the only person who who wants the hands in their pockets. Um, So it's being a good listener. um, It's finding out what makes them tick. Um, And most of them are just good hearted people who want to see these kids succeed and want us to have a top program. 
Um, so, you know, we have a couple specific examples without naming names of individuals who said, you know, I'm just not really sure if I'm comfortable just with money going directly to a player, you know, just, just out of my pocketbook. It's almost like a stipend. Well, then they learned that these contracts are signed with obligations attached to them, where the obligations are community service. The obligations are educational programs that we've put together on financial literacy, tax management, social media risk management, because we feel it's our responsibility to protect the players if we're going to pay them. So once they started hearing that not only was their money going to a very rational, well thought out place, um, they also got to find out, like I said, where the money's really being used. Um, you know, we have had individuals who have needed separate money for because they got a, a slight injury off, you know, away from football, which is not covered by their insurance. So they had to purchase insurance separately. Um, and they used NIL money for something that was, it was, you know, you know, from a health perspective, sincere, but their parents may not have had the money to do that. We've had um, individuals send money back home for the mortgage because their parents couldn't afford it anymore um, or to help their parents get car service into Chapel Hill for the games because they, they, they couldn't fly for medical reasons. I mean, these are all real things that have happened to our players. And when our donors hear that it's actually going to these players and their families, like it's truly going to benefit them. And these are not unreasonable sums of money that that's when the conversation changes. We've had some people that went from when I can't say they're on the fence, they were on the, on the no side of the fence. Yeah. To yeah. literally overnight after they hear and they've 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 digested our information, making significant multi-year contributions, um, that makes me know that if we can get people and tell our story, discuss the, the the goals of our organization, that we have a community that's willing to listen and willing to engage. That's powerful. You know, I think one of the things is we've all experienced the newness and the launch, and now kind of I guess phase one or two or however you want to grade it. Uh, of NIL being part of, of college sports, I think a lot of people's willingness to listen uh, can can really open doors for you, both literally and figuratively. And I think it's been it's been really interesting to see those transformations and see how much people are really willing to get behind the same player that they will either cheer or dog cuss on a Saturday that they're now willing to kind of pony up you know from their own hips to to help see that player uh, just experience life the way they probably should be able to experience as a college athlete. And I, have to, you know, we, so I was going to interject here because it's really key sure. for so many of our donors and community members to understand these schedules that these young men have. Sure. As, as someone who, I mean, I am entirely private, which means I have to work in their free time. If we have any sort of educational session or, you know, corporate appearance, whatever it may be, um, community service. And these young men's schedule is unbelievable from their academic um, obligations, their study halls, their camp, I mean, right now in camp, these guys are going 24-7. After our event on, on on Thursday, those 14 went back for meetings. They went right back to the facility after they, they came on stage. They did not stay for the show because that's how committed they are to their craft and how much is involved in being a top, you know, 15, 10 program in the country. Um, so this they don't have the same opportunities that the students have. They can't go get a job at student stores. They can't right. work at you know, at, at, at Sutton's, you know, an IP3s to, to make some extra scratch. They don't have that kind of time. And for the amount of work they do for this university and the amount of money they earn for the university based on their, their success, I think that's why we all think that NIL was long overdue. Um, so I just want our donors to know that it's not that they're sitting at home waiting for checks to come in. They are working from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. at night with very little free time. Um, and the NIL is, is coming, you know, as a secondary thing to their academic and athletic obligations. So um, th these men are to be commended. Their schedules are not like yours and I's were in college. They just weren't. Yeah, not at all. Um, 
something I'd also like you to explore a little bit. You mentioned it earlier, uh, but we've heard Mac Brown say on the record a couple of times that we're not going to pay players to come to Chapel Hill. Um, help elaborate a little bit about what that is. I think I know what he means. You know what he means, but help our listeners who have probably heard that but don't know, I guess, the, the secondary and tertiary support behind that. What does Coach Brown mean when he says that? So, you know, Coach Brown has been very you know public and vocal about he wants to recruit players that want to be here, that want to be Tar Heels, that are good kids. They come from good backgrounds. They, they work hard. They're no one's perfect. But we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking for kids who want to grow and mature and, again, be Tar Heels. Um, a lot of players when they come in at 18 are not physically ready to be on that field yet. High school to, to, to power five is just a different beast. So some are going to take, you know, one to two to three years to physically develop. Um, or to get used to the speed uh, of an ACC football game. Um, so Mac has been very open of saying he wants to find kids who were committed here through the ups and downs. You know, I mentioned I was a, an agent for a long time in the NBA, and we used to always tell our clients early in their careers, this is never going to be just a roller coaster you know, on the way up. It's going to be the whole roller coaster ride where it's going to go up and down and around. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have playing time issues. Um, you're going to have coaching changes potentially. All those things are going to make your career have – you know, troughs and crests, no different than in college. But if you're committed to that university and what it's committed to you, you'll stay through those. You won't just need your into the transfer. NIL is, is a part of this conversation. Um, we, do, we only do deals with current Carolina players. Uh, we only do deals with players that we believe are deserving of our donors' money um, and, our, and our corporate partners' money. Um, and we tell any player who's on the football team that NIL is not a right. It's a privilege. And they have to earn their NIL money once they're on campus. Um, and that goes from doing the right things um, you know, off the field um, to when, I, when they sign a contract with me, that's, that's a real life contract. They are, they are committed from an obligation standpoint, a tax perspective that we, we help manage. They're committed to that. And we've had some great, just mature kids who have, who have agreed to this and embraced it and learned a lot and grown as young men. Um, so I think that what Mac means is, you know, we're not, in the business of a breaking any compliance rule, but b enticing someone with a check. Um, that's never going to be something we do. If you want to come here, it's because you want to be a Tar Heel. And we just want you to know that when you get here, there's a company called Heels for Life that is here to support you. And we're going to do our best um, to, to our ability and our means to do so. Um, but it's but it's a, it's a quid pro quo. They have to earn this money. And I told my players very early on, no such thing as free lunch. We, we all know that as adults. Yeah, it's, it's something also that we've... Um we've been able to see, and it makes a ton of sense to you and I, and probably to a lot of our listeners, but I think there are some folks that, that would appreciate the explanation you just gave. Nationally, there's been some, some oops and some, some missteps. And I think some us, just some, some deals done in bad faith with NIL and, and whether it be paying players to come to campus or recruiting players or making promises that, that never come to fruition. This philosophy from Matt Brown seems to make sense to me in a sense that it, it gets away from those potential pitfalls. What have you seen from your seat that, that gives you heartburn about NIL right now, not in Chapel Hill, but from a national landscape? Well, I just think that we always need to keep in mind the, the actual student athlete, that we have to honor them and protect them. This is no different than any company doing any sort of independent contractor agreement with a vendor, a photographer, a caterer. If you are contracting for services, then if those services are performed, then you have to remit what you agreed upon. Plain and simple. Contracts are contracts. And 
I think that, you know, we've we've heard of some rumors of, of things like you've said in, in, in the broader national scene of some of some deals that were done in bad faith um, that had, you know, parts of the contract that were, you know, not not according to state law or NIL regulations. Um, you know, listen, we're not going to comment on anyone else's work. We're focused on Carolina. Um, but here at Heels for Life, um, we've run a we have a very, very dialed in board of directors that have built a corporate organization that have decided if we're going to sign a contract with the player then we are committed to every part of it. Um, and we are not, the reason we are so um, careful about that is it takes one deal in bad faith or one misstep by a collective to brand you as someone that might do that to you. Yep. Um, and that, that is something we are not going to, to deal with. So that means like we're very careful with who we sign, um, the length of deals, the amount of deals, um, according to our budget, all those things. Um, we are not in the business of running a, 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 a frivolous company um, that does things off on, you know, at a knee jerk level. Um, so we're, we like to believe that we are as, uh, as dialed in and professional as they come in this business. Um, but NIL is very new. As I said earlier, the only, only constant is change. We're going to see new regulations. There's a collective coalition now with some of the big major programs that are trying to educate conferences in the NCAA on profit sharing tactics. There's a lot of things happening. There are states passing regulations to protect their member inst- their state institutions from NCAA enforcement regarding NIL. <laughs> I mean, it's it's New York, Missouri, Texas. It's this is a very nuanced and expansive industry. So we're going to see a lot of change. Um, but I, I think that you know what, what's really critical for us is d- to run a business that we're proud of, to make sure our donors know that their money is being used with great care um, and, and always in promotion of our student athletes and. You know, listen, you, you can promise someone something all day and night, but if you don't come through on it, that promise doesn't happen again. Um, and when I was, you know, in a different part of my career, we always talked about managing expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've tried to be very close with our players and our donors about managing expectations. Um, and listen, we're, we're, we're doing our best to, 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 to bat a thousand when it comes to, uh, to, to coming through on our, our, our commitments. Yeah, man's got to have a code. I was talking to one of your board members after the show the other night and, and just the, the fever and the enthusiasm that came out of that will be something that I think uh, is pretty contagious as you move forward. We're talking with Graham Boone, uh, executive director of Heels for Life. Graham, I'll give you one more question. We'll let you get back to uh, to raising money for these guys and helping to to steer them down good roads for for UNC football. You've had uh, your, your first year in. Some of these opportunities that you're exposing these kids to, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, financial literacy stuff, understanding taxes, understanding business obligations, understanding contracts, but also exposing them to you know real community impact work, exposing them to real honest needs that they may never see that their neighbors are experiencing. What I want you to do is give us some of these real juice moments that you've had with some of these players when they had a chance to to learn something that's greater than just getting the check. Help us understand what have been some of those bright moments. I, I'll, I'll give you a few. You know, I think that we had um, our, I think I mentioned them earlier, one of our nonprofit partners, Porch, which supplies um, weekly food deliveries to the, they, they take donations on people's porch yep. and deliver them to um, to families in need. And they did a, an informational session for our players um, so they could learn about the critical needs, not just in Orange County, but also in the regions in which they represent in the hometowns of these players. And they did a true or false where they had the players raise a left or right hand of what they, they would read out a potential you know, a, a fact and they'd say if it's true or false. 
there were a couple of moments when they heard audible gasps from our players when they found out the needs of not just players, I mean, families in their hometown. There are students at Carolina who are food insecure currently on campus. There is a lot of need. And so you would see these players going, you know, as much as they are excited about earning money for this, they all of a sudden wanted to spend more time. I had three or four people, as soon as that, that session ended, come right up to me and go, let me know the next time they need volunteer help. These are players who do not have time for this. They don't have the time to volunteer. They don't have the time yeah. They're still willing because it made an impact on them. Uh, Table um, is another is a local food insecurity group that we work with out of Carborough. Um, they did a, a, a similar packing operation for us, but they spent time giving us all these critical facts. One in three kids in Orange County are food insecure. One in three. This is our backyard. This is the Chapel Hill that we love and that we, we, we promote. Um, so just seeing the players have visceral reactions to these sort of uh, stats was heartwarming for me. Um, and then also our educational sessions are run by UNC alums. Um, and they're run by people who are top in their industry and their in their occupation. And we provide them a chance to speak with those people separately. We provide their, their information. We've had players take them up on accounting questions, real estate questions for when they mm -hmm. graduate, just professional networking opportunities. Andy Dinkin, um, um, who just uh, wrote a book called Going Pro in Life, came and did a speech about how to take advantage of being a college athlete in that unique perspective to create a professional network and build your, your opportunities professionally after football ends. So players are not just going there through the motions they're going. And, and I'm, I'm getting calls from these alums going, you know, I just talked to so-and-so what a thoughtful young man. He called me and just had two or three questions that I guess my clients don't ask me these kind of questions. <laughs> so it just makes me feel good that we're putting a program together that the players are not only signing up for, but they're also utilizing. And those are, those are two very different things. Um, so we have a lot more, um, a lot more community work coming up. I um, you know, with the season coming up, the players are going to be even more uh, tapped for time. We have some really cool ideas for some digital engagements um, to help raise money and raise awareness for these organizations. Uh, obviously, Nefine um, is a group that we've worked with. Um, Table, Porch, Ronald McDonald House. Um, we want to find ways that make our players excited to give back, and uh, and it's a good use of their their very very precious free time. Well, uh, that's going to be the last question, and I appreciate your willingness to share some of the you know peel back the curtain a little bit for us and see some yeah. of the the aha moments for some of these guys. I said it was going to be last question, but I'm going to tee you up, and this is more open-ended. Okay. What do you want to share with everybody that might be coming up in the next few months? Again, football season's beating, you know, beating down the street as, as, as we're recording this, but what do you want to share with everybody that might be coming up for Heels for Life and how they can how they can plug in? Yeah, so uh, next week in Charlotte, I mentioned the, the, the autograph event, um, food, DJ, raffles. Um, go to carolinabarnstorming.com for your tickets. You can also go to the Heels for Life website event section uh, to find tickets there. Um, limited space. Um, I, I'm just, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, you're gonna get to do some great work for, for porch communities. Um, we have home tailgates coming up. Keep, keep an eye on our social media handles. They're Heels for Life NIL on Twitter and Instagram um, to provide access to those. If you join a membership, you're invited on our website, you're invited to our tailgates, have a cocktail, have a barbecue sandwich. We're gonna have special guests coming to sign autographs and just a lot of fun. So. Um, please go to our website, find ways to get involved. And, and one kind of request I can make is don't wait until someone reaches out to you. We have a very small organization, but with very big needs. So if you feel that you have the discretionary income to make a, a contribution or you have a business that you want to get involved, that our players can help promote, 
all are welcome. So please, please, you know, pick up the phone, get on that email and, uh, and let us know what you can do. He's Graham Boone, executive director of Heels for Life. If you have missed the Heels for Life content that has been on Inside Carolina over this past summer, I'm judging you a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, but but you can rectify that and go back to the YouTube channel, go back to the message boards and read all of the, the transcripts and see all of the opportunities that you have to support Heels for Life, the UNC football NIL collective. We appreciate, Graham, appreciate all that Heels for Life has done and hope you guys will have a chance to to see more of what they're doing down the road. But Definitely, Graham. Thanks for making time for us today, and we uh, we hope to talk to you very soon. Thank you so much, Joey, and all of Inside Carolina. And as always, go Heels.